0: In today's show, we'll be discussing top crypto trader issues a Bitcoin warning, says Bitcoin is flashing vibes of March of 2020's meltdown. Also in today's show, we'll be discussing Bill Ackman warns that the U.S. government needs to fix this mistake in 48 hours or face destruction. Also, Silicon Valley bank failure could trigger a run on U.S. regional banks. Not a good look including a bank near you. Also in today's show, the judges will likely rule in favor of Grayscale in Bitcoin spot ETF battle versus the SDC, according to the Bloomberg expert. I'll be explaining why. Also in today's show, $22 trillion in the U.S. banking system is only backed by $225 billion at the FDIC. I'll be breaking this down for you. As well as, what if all the Bitcoin exchanges in the world would just shut down like that what would happen to the crypto markets well guess what max prophesized and wrote this article back in 2013 which makes it so relevant today with all the major crypto exchanges being shut down and also quoting him from 90 days ago he said circle they're in trouble they are the next ftx they're about to go bankrupt that's a big pile of ish usdc it is circle so he prophesized this 90 days ago and lo and behold guess what just depegged from the U.S. dollar, USDC. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this, plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost, a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's Crypto News CryptoNewsAlerts. .net and welcome everyone just tuning in this is podcast episode number $1,218. i am your host, JV. Today is Sunday, March 12, 2023. Let's dive into today's market watch. As you can see here on the screen, Bitcoin and some of the major cryptos finally back in the green after a massive dump with Bitcoin up about a half a percent for the day, maintaining just above $20,400. Ether still below $1,500, but up 2% for the day, while BNB, XRP, Cardano, Avalanche, and USD. <laughs> Many of the stable coins are in the red. And checking out, uh, coinmarketcap.com. Let's get the latest. You can see the current crypto market cap sitting under 950 billion with 51 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. Bitcoin dominance on the decline at 41.9% with the Ether dominance at 19% even. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers in the past 24 hours. Eunice Leo up 9% trading at $3.74 followed by Ajax up 7% trading at 32 cents and mina up seven percent trading at 62 and a half cents below that we have curved out token and trust wallet token followed by polygon slash matic and checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week you can see finally the alts are back in the green for the week we have x up about 13 percent twt which is the trust wallet token up 8.4 percent and leo up almost and checking out the crypto greed and fear index were rated the same as yesterday a 33 in fear last week was a 47 and last month a 48 in neutral. So there you have it. How many of you have took advantage of the recent dip when Bitcoin dropped sub $20,000 just recently? Let me know. And now let's dive into some technical analysis. And welcome to everyone just tuning in. A closely followed crypto trader is issuing an alert on the King Crypto hodlers saying the King Crypto's current market structure looks too similar to its price action prior to the deep plunge about three years ago. Synonymous analyst Crypto Calio tells his half a million Twitter followers that Bitcoin is currently consolidated above a diagonal trend line after taking it out earlier in the year, and according to the trader, the price action is reminiscent of how Bitcoin moved in early 2020 when it rallied from around 6,000 to 10,000 only to capitulate back to $3,000 in March of the same year. Could it be déjà vu all over again? Quoting him here alongside this chart, "Please Lord, be different this time." And you can see the striking similarities between March 10th of 2023 and March 10th of 2020, now although Bitcoin's current market structure appears ominous, Callio says that there is still a chance for the Bitcoin bulls to come out ahead as long as the trend line holds. So that's the million-dollar question. Will the trend line hold? Quitting him here. Both Bitcoin and SPX are retesting major high timeframe support levels. In my opinion, there is no reason to be a doomer. Incredibly bearish here as long as these hold. And he's saying don't be a doomer slash incredibly bearish here unless uh, those levels uh, – you know, don't hold. Now should the trend line fail to hold, Calio warns Bitcoin will likely witness a massive sell-off event as he shares here. If they do happen a break, we'll see real capitulation. And until then, I see this as a good risk slash reward spot to long with clearly defined stops to the downside and huge upside. Potential and I like to stop right there because I agree. I think Bitcoin has massive upside potential. We have to keep in mind the all time high for the king crypto is 69,000 and we're still only trading at $20,000. So this is like a special opportunity to go back in time, like traveling back in time to 2017, six years ago to pick up some cheap stats. You know what I mean? So how many of you have been taking advantage of that? Let me know. And how many of you think that this trend line will not hold and we're likely to revisit and test current lows considering the current different low for this cycle is 15700 ish Let me know in the comments and at the end of the show I'll be reading those comments out loud. With that being shared, now let's discuss what's on everyone's mind and as the bank collapses, which are happening right now. Billionaire Bill Ackman has urged the U.S. government to guarantee all deposits held by Silicon Valley Bank within the next 48 hours or at risk the destruction of many financial institutions. And I don't think he is bluffing. On March 11th, the tweet Bill Ackman, the CEO of Hedge Fund Management firm Pershing Square Capital Management said a giant sucking sound will be heard from the withdrawal of substanti- uh, substantially all uninsured deposits from all banks, not just the systemically important banks. Should the government fail to guarantee all of SVB's deposits before the open, on Monday, which is right around the corner, now Ackman suggested this would be the result of the world realizing what an un- such, uh, uninsured deposit is, an unsecured liquid claim on a failed bank. He warned that these withdrawals would drain liquidity from the community, regional, and other banks and begin the destruction of these crucial institutions if the United States government fails to protect all depositors. Ackman said the only other way to prevent this was in the unlikely event that major financial institutions such as JP Morgan Chase, Citibank or Bank of America acquire SVB, before Monday, the clock is ticking. He argued that this could have been avoided if the U.S. government had stepped in on Friday to guarantee SVB's deposits. Adding that the long-standing bank's franchise value could have been safeguarded and transferred to a new owner in return for an equity injection, Ackman suggested that SVB senior management made a basic mistake and should be fired. Quoting him here, they invested short-term deposits in longer-term fixed-rate assets. Therefore, short-term rates went up, and the bank run ensued. Senior management screwed up and they should lose their jobs. Let me know if you agree. I I agree 100% there after conducting a back of the envelope review of SVB's balance sheet, Ackman believes that even in liquidation, depositors should eventually get back approximately 98% of their deposits. However, he argued that eventually is too long when you have payroll to meet next week. He makes a good point. Ackman tweeted shortly after, reiterating that the FDIC should guarantee all SVB banks' deposits by Sunday night, along with a proposed uh, plan. This comes after Bob Elliott, the CEO of investment firm Unlimited, said that the Federal Reserve and the FDIC decisions regarding the future of SVB may affect regional banks across the United States, putting trillions of dollars at risk, of a bank run. Elliot stated that nearly a third of deposits in the U.S. are held in the small banks, adding that approximately 50% of those deposits are uninsured. So how many of you didn't know that, that your money is not insured in the bank? It is what it is, especially when they don't have the money to pay it when there is a bank run. It reminds me of like the the bank equivalent to FTX occurring right now, where everyone thought these banks were safe. It's safe to hold fiat. Crypto is unsafe. Well, we're not experiencing that right now, are we? The banks are not safe whatsoever. I think the safest place to store your crypto or your assets, in my humble opinion, would be Bitcoin, the decentralized alternative to the fiat banking cartel system. You know what I mean? And with that being shared, let's dive a little deeper into these bank runs as Silicon Valley bank failure could trigger run on the U.S. regional banks near you. That's right. The Fed and FDIC decisions concerning the future of SVB may affect the regional banks across the United States. I'm going to actually quote uh, Bob Elliott here. Fed slash FDIC decisions on SVB determine whether they risk a bank run in trillions of dollars in size. One third of U.S. deposits are in the small banks and 50% are uninsured. Haircutting SVB depositors will raise sensible questions about holding deposits at any small bank, risking a broader run. And according to the Fed data, Small banks in the U.S. had 6.8 trillion in assets and 680 billion in equity as of February of 2023. And considering this scenario, a failure of a tech bank run would be in risk of a run on thousands of the small banks. So no bank is safe. Further, making the SBB situation a Main Street problem, said Elliot. Now Elliot's comments were among many others seen on social media channels over the weekend as fear surrounded the future of the California bank. A petition created by a combinator CEO. Gary Tan claims that nearly 40,000 of all the depositors at Silicon Valley Bank are small businesses. And guess what? They deposit over 250000 so their money is gone. If swift action isn't taken, quoting him here, over 100,000 people could soon lose their jobs, says the document, urging the regulators to step in and implement a backstop. For depositors, and according to a new Bloomberg report citing people familiar with the matter, the FDIC and the Fed are reportedly discussing creating a fund to backstop more deposits at troubled banks, the fund responds to the SVB collapse as intended to reassure depositors and reduce the panic, good luck with that. <laughs> Once the genie is out of the bottle, try getting it back in. Silicon Valley Bank is one of the top 20 largest banks in the U.S., providing banking services to many crypto-friendly venture firms. Assets from blockchain venture capitalists total more than $6 billion at that bank, including $2.85 billion from Anderson Horowitz and $1.72 billion from Paradigm and $560 million from Pantera Capital. That's Dan Moorhead's company. So there... You have it. I mean, it's scary times when family members are calling me up. What should I do? I don't trust the banks. I'm like, I've been trying to tell you this since 2017. This is why we Bitcoin. We don't trust the banks whatsoever. You know what I mean? Now let's discuss some positive news, a, a silver lining out there, that uh Grayscale could uh, potentially convert their Grayscale Bitcoin trust into a spot Bitcoin ETF, and uh, the SEC maybe ruled against That's right. Let's break this down. This is according to Bloomberg. Senior litigation analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence believes that the odds are now in the favor of Grayscale in its legal battle with the U.S. SEC. Last year, Grayscale sued the SEC after the regulator rejected its application to convert their Grayscale Bitcoin trust into a spot-based Bitcoin ETF. During the initial hearing at the District Columbia Court of Appeals last week, Bloomberg Intelligence... Uh, is Elliot Stein said that Grayscale mainly argued that SEC is inconsistent in applying its standards after approving Bitcoin futures ETFs while denying spot Bitcoin ETFs facts. And according to Stein, the SEC countered by saying that Unlike his future counterpart, a spot Bitcoin ETF is not regulated, and therefore the regulator cannot be sure that there is no fraud or manipulation in the underlying market. Stein emphasized that the panel of judges focused on the SEC's counterargument. However, the regulator appears to have come up short in providing satisfactory answers to the judge's questions, according to Stein, quoting him here, the SEC's argument that even though there is this 99.9% correlation between the prices in the spot market and in the futures market, they are not. Convinced that fraud in the spot market would show up the same way in the futures market. They'll never really, or they never really clarified what that meant, but they said Grayscale needed to provide more empirical evidence of how fraud in the spot market might manifest. In the futures market, the judges pushed back on that question quite a bit and said, why do they have to show that? Why is it not enough that the prices are correlated so extensively? And in addition to that, what type of empirical evidence do they need to show? And the SEC did not really give a satisfactory answer from that in my opinion. And according to Stein, Grayscale is now likely to come out on top after the SEC failed to support its main argument. I'm praying for uh, the SEC to lose this battle. And coming out of the argument, I think Grayscale is favored now and I give them a 70% chance to win a ruling from the court that vacates the SEC's order rejecting their application. And to watch this video uh, with Elliot Stein, check the show notes below the video in the description. So this is a silver lining and very positive news because we all know as Bitcoiners, once there is a spot Bitcoin ETF in the United States, it's game on. It's going to bring in mass adoption from institutions, uh, especially that are on the sidelines right now because they're they're not allowed uh, to invest into Bitcoin. You know what I mean? So this is a pretty big deal. And if the SEC loses, it just goes to show you how corrupt they truly are. And they just are interested in not protecting investors, but manipulating markets so that they can control the markets and ultimately screw the investors, which is what they do. That's why if you just use your common sense, that's why we have a futures ETF. And no spot ETF. They don't want it. They're trying to hold that back. So I do truly pray that the SEC loses this battle versus Grayscale because it's also going to help the investors uh, get back their billions of dollars, which is lost due to all these shenanigans happening uh, right now in the markets. So I'm all about protecting investors, not pretending to protect investors while uh, committing criminal uh, acts, which is what the regulators have been doing and have demonstrated time and time again. So with that being shared, now let's discuss, um, yeah, the FDIC uh going belly up, which would be quite interesting. And I mean, based on the numbers, they obviously don't have the funds to back uh, the banks. So if there is a bank run, it doesn't matter if your money is FDIC uh, insured, you're going to lose it because they don't have enough money to cover it. And it's just basic math. You know what I mean? So a strategy advisor of Van Eck is highlighting the disparity between the money held at the FDIC institutions and the amount of money sitting at the US banking system in a series of viral tweets. Uh Gaber Gerbachs examined the latest data from the FDIC, the US agency whose mission is to maintain stability and public confidence in the nation's financial system. According to the FDIC, $124.5 billion is currently on the agency's balance sheet. That's it, $124 billion. Let that sink in, with an additional $100 billion line of credit available for U.S. Treasury for a total, a grand total, of $224 billion. That compares to a staggering total of more than $22 trillion in the U.S. banking system, says Gerbax. It sounds like FTT – to me, if you're to ask me, now the renewed scrutiny of the FDIC's balance sheet comes amid the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, which shut its doors after losing $1.8 billion from selling mainly U.S. bonds that are supposed to offer banks a safe way to diversify. Yeah, right. However, the price of those bonds have dropped significantly due to the Fed's steep interest rate hikes. Mainly, or many in the startup uh, community, which Silicon Valley Bank largely catered to, are calling for the U.S. Treasury to step in and bail out the bank, as happened during the 2008 financial crisis, talk about deja vu. American banks align with the FDIC to promise customers that deposits up to the amount of 250000 will always be covered in the event of a collapse, but anything in excess is not insured. So keep that in mind. Quoting Gaber, of course, the FDIC doesn't cover anything above two fifty. so basically no businesses. It's practically worthless. People trust banks more than they should. Tier one leverage ratios show just how much more leveraged banks are versus uh, the stable coins. And again, numbers don't lie. The U.S. and most nations around the world back a system known as fractional reserve banking, which requires banks to hold a small percentage of their deposits, liabilities, and liquid assets as a reserve while being at liberty to lend the remainder to borrowers. It's a banking scheme, a big Ponzi scheme. It's a system that the synonymous creator of Bitcoin, Satoshi, called out as the core reason why he or she or they created the leading cryptocurrency, quoting him here. The root problem with conventional currency is that all the trust that's required to make it work. The central bank must be trusted not to debase the currency, but the history of the fiat currencies is full of breaches of that trust. Banks must be trusted to hold our money and transfer it electronically, but they lend it out in waves of credit bubbles with barely a fraction in the reserve. We have to trust them with our privacy, trust them not to let identity thieves drain our accounts, their massive overhead costs, and make micropayments impossible or saying their massive overhead makes the micropayments impossible and with e-currency based on cryptographic proof without the need to trust a third party middleman money can be secure and transactions Effortless, amen, and long live Satoshi Nakamoto. In contrast to the modern banking system, Bitcoin is backed by its core technology for validating and securing transactions without a middleman, its strict level of scarcity with a total of 21 million coins, and it's the centralized web of users who power the network and hold their capital in BTC. Now, billionaire Elon Musk posted a tweet in light of Silicon Valley Bank's collapse, which follows a... Uh, a drop in the price of Bitcoin after the fall of the crypto-friendly bank Silvergate. And he proposes the question, which button do you hit? Crypto is a scam. Keep my money in the banks or banks are scams and keep my money in crypto. Well, what's your answer? Let me know in the comments right down below. Now, FTX is accused of essentially stealing and gambling its users' funds and its founder, SBF, is now facing 115 years in prison for a long list of charges, including wire fraud and security fraud. So the million-dollar question becomes, will the regulators and banks be held accountable for their scams and their schemes and for all this money which the investors are losing because of them let me know your thoughts in the comments below now i want to share the moment we have been waiting for max shared this article all the way back in 2013 it's almost like he's prophetic you know what i mean i think he is actually But anyways, let's share this prediction by Max Kaiser, where he wrote this article, what if all the Bitcoin exchanges around the world were shut down? Now, this is, again, this is written by Max. Here's a thought exercise. What if all the Bitcoin exchanges were shut down by various governments? What would the current value of Bitcoin be? Good question, right? This is an important question because of the implied outcome of the current trend by governments to shut down or prevent the creation of Bitcoin exchanges. And again, this was back in 2013, a decade ago. The mining of Bitcoin would continue, but spending them becomes a problem since there would be no quoted price. The Bitcoin protocol is about mining Bitcoin, not pricing it. There is nothing in the protocol about establishing a market price for Bitcoin. You need a market for that. But what if all the exchange markets – We're shut down. As a medium of exchange and barter, those looking to transact using Bitcoin who name their price in individual transactions would continue to do so. And these transactions in aggregate can be reported to give market participants a general idea of where the price per Bitcoin generally is, like beaver pelts in early American history. But will this approach satisfy Bitcoin's aspirations to take on the dollar, the yen, the pound, and the euro? I don't think so. For this reason, I have suggested that some entity, possibly the Bitcoin Foundation, make a market in Bitcoin and broadcast a current price for Bitcoin, a peg, that various exchanges and merchants can use – As a benchmark, this market-making activity should be done completely out of the reach of regulators like FinCEN. Honestly, on the part of the peg maintainers, would come by way of interacting with various exchanges that are operating, since maintaining this peg would require lots of buying and selling on the various exchanges to maintain an inventory of Bitcoin that is necessary to maintain a peg, and any resultant price gaps or arbitrage would be quickly closed by savvy traders." By the way, if the VC community is serious about funding Bitcoin startups, they should pull their capital to fund such a pegging mechanism. And with this added layer of price discovery in the Bitcoin's existence as a currency, the possibility of scaling up to the multi-hundred billion dollar valuations necessary to get it on the first rung of the global currency market becomes a possibility. And with it, I mean, without it, we are taking or talking about beaver pelts. I'm not familiar with beaver pelts whatsoever, but I see the bigger picture of what he is explaining here and it's amazing that he wrote this all the way back in 2013 and now actually uh quoting max from a, uh, from december 11th i actually shared this on my show when he was interviewed by Daniela cambone of stansbury research and she asked him point blank What's your thoughts on Tether, USDT? Because at the time, the mainstream news, including mainstream crypto news, were all saying that USDT, beware of, it's going to collapse. It's not back. One to one. There was just tremendous amount of FUD. How many of you remember that? So much fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And Max just says, what about it? It's not true. The, the, what you need to worry about is circle. Because they're in trouble. They're the next FTX. They're about to go bankrupt. USDC, that's a big pile of ish. It's Circle. And lo and behold, he was right. Once again, because what just happened, you know what I mean? I also like to point out, I think he's smart enough to realize this when everyone else is saying the opposite because he knows that the CEO of Circle is anti-Bitcoin. I don't have the quote in front of me, but it's very clear. Just read some of the writings by the CEO, the, the owner of Circle. You know what I mean? They don't like Bitcoin whatsoever. Anyone against Bitcoin is an enemy. And he recognized this. That's why he said we can't trust USDC. It doesn't matter if the governments are backing it. It doesn't matter if the SEC has chosen it as the next you know, stable. The banks are corrupt. The regulators are corrupt. The governments are corrupt. It's just a massive Ponzi scheme. It's just all fraud. And so much respect because I think I was the only one who actually covered that as well. I didn't see anyone else in uh, the crypto community sharing that USDC can collapse. And I covered it 90 days ago because I trust Max. I know he knows what he's talking about. He's been in Bitcoin telling us about it since 2011. That's like, holy moly, like 12-year history of telling us to buy Bitcoin back when it was only a dollar. How could you not listen to the high priest? That's just how I feel. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. And also help me wish uh, Stacy, uh, Stacey Herbert a uh, happy birthday because today is her birthday. Or it may have been yesterday, but I started celebrating it on uh, crypto Twitter yesterday. And hey. Show her some birthday love. And don't forget to check out cryptonewsalerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode.